This is Kelly. This is Jen. This is Heather. And you're listening to Whiskey Cats. Yay! <laughs> Hello, Whiskey Cats is back after a surprise hiatus. In this season two opener, we tried the Belvini Triple Cast 12 year, discussed our 2016 science project, and the single malt scotch boom. January. Yeah. It's still still single digits. Yeah, yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Um, Welcome back to Whiskey Cats. We, if you didn't notice, I'm sure you did, we had a little bit of a hiatus, but now we are back with more whiskey for you and mostly for us. (laughs) Mostly for us. I'm Kelly. I'm Heather. And I'm Jen. And we're Whiskey Cats. Heather, what are we, what are we drinking today? We are drinking something that my mother bought while she was on her retirement travels, uh, cruising through the Caribbean, Luxury. and happened to stop and like stops at this big store and sends me pictures of a whole store. And she's like, "What whiskey do you want?" <laughs> so she brought. Did me you the- just circle it all? And <laughs> Pretty much every <laughs> bottle. Buy any suitcase. Pack it all in. And the funny part was that it was a bunch of scotch. And so I'm like, oh, man, I mean, like, scotch is what I really don't know much about, except for, like, the two episodes that we've done on scotch. It's like, that's, you know, I have, like, a little sample size. Of, oh, no, sorry, they're gone. Oh, no, they're here. I was like, did I drink them? Sorry. <laughs> oh, um, so anyway, she did buy a scotch, and I will say, usually we try not to taste them beforehand, but since my mom was here, we tasted this one pretty optimistic about, mm. about this one. Um, but we'll let, uh, who is this? Who says it again? Brian Cox. Brian Cox. We're going to let Brian Cox, who's uh, pronounced our other Scottish whiskeys for us, pronounce this one. The Balvenie. The, the Balvenie. The Balvenie. Nicely <laughs> done, <Nicely nowadays. laughs> <laughs> It's just a little, like, I feel like it's very Italian. The Balvenie. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. We're sorry, Scotland. <laughs> So I've done my due diligence and looked up a little bit about the Belveni uh, Distillery. Obviously, they are in Scotland. Um, they are a Speyside single malt Scotch whiskey distillery, which Speyside is in the very northern reaches, reaches of Scotland. So there's the Highlands, there's the Lowlands, there's Islay, which is to the side in the middle, and then there's uh, Speyside, which is way north of the Highlands. So that's where this is from. Ocean side or uh, continent side? That's ocean side, right? <laughs> continent side, but also by the water. <laughs> I know, the but like open ocean. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but, but continent side, yes. I understand the continent. It's really north. It's like north. It's like north uh, east. east. Okay, yeah. that's what I meant. East or yeah. west, I should say, instead of ocean. Right? <laughs> and also, or, you're opposite of me right now, so I was like, which way is more north? <laughs> we have a lot of problems yeah. with this question. <laughs> oh my God. Anyway, sorry. So, from the very northeast um, of Scotland. Uh, from a distillery founded in 1886. The distillery is from a converted 18th century mansion, which, like, if you're going to build a distillery, why wouldn't you build it in an 18th century mansion? That's what I'm hoping happens to Downton Abbey when the season ends. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. We should totally pitch that to the audience right now. (laughs) How do you retrofit this gorgeous mansion into a I think we could do it. Copper (laughs) pots, 
so um, Balvenie has many, like, many zillions of different uh, types of scotch that they make. So many that, like, the, bo- the bottles are sort of, like, go back into infinity on their website when you look. But this one happens to be one that they only sell... What's the tra- like in, in travel travel something? Oh, um, uh, it's only available to international travelers through the duty free section of airports, which is exactly where my mother bought it. Oh, I I don't know what the uh, impetus is for doing that, um, except like I read somewhere online you get to charge a lot more for travelers, but so you know, like not even in country. No, no, wow, yeah, that's interesting. So uh, so I forgot to say this is the triple cask twelve year. They make three kinds of triple cask, um, a 12, a 16, and a 20. So we have the 12. Are you going to tell us what type of cask? Yes. So (laughs) the triple cask is um, starting with Oloroso sherry butts, first fill bourbon barrels, and then traditional whiskey casks. So those are the three. And I think that's the order that it goes in. Wow. Whatever that means. So they put the more, more, I don't want to say pungent because sherry isn't. Necessarily pungent, but more between those, certainly. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Huh. Um, but space by space side single malts um, are typically classified as light and grassy. Um, some other ones that you may know, of course, are Glen Levitt and Glen Fittich are both uh, distilled in that area. Um, it has the greatest number of distilleries of any of the whiskey producing areas of Scotland. Hmm. Interesting. Which seems funny because it's actually the first time I've heard of that location ever. <laughs> <laughs> so that's about it. Shall we give it a try? Yes. Yes, yes please. Oh, it's been so long. <laughs> I'm so excited. So this won't have like a peaty, smoky. Uh, yeah, let's give it a try. Okay. Cheers. Cheers. That smells a lot sweeter than I expected. Yeah. yeah. I'm actually having a hard time getting anything on my nose. Very sweet. It really almost doesn't have, like, a flavor, aside from just kind of sweetness. Just a Yeah, I smell, like, vanilla. Mm-hmm. And maybe a touch of citrus. And you can get the alcohol, for sure. Yeah. Compared to a lot of them that we've had, I really, like, it's so subtle compared to most of the whiskeys that we've yeah, tried. Yeah, it's not pungent. It's not strong. Nothing, like, there's no <laughs> smells wafting <laughs> Punching you in the face. No, that's that a really really hand gesture episode, you guys. <laughs> Sorry, we'll just we'll just turn this into a uh, video podcast. We'll make some gifts. Right, hand gestures. <laughs> just imagine my hand as an octopus emerging from the cave. That's that's the that's the gesture I am I am making right now. All right, I'm gonna, okay. gonna taste this too. Ooh, that is so smooth. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's super smooth and wow. not like. Pretty much literally zero peat. There's no yeah, peat in this There's at no all. smoke. There's, like, there's nothing. Nothing on the front of my tongue at all. Mm-mm. No. When I first drank it's, this, I said, this tastes like an American whiskey to me. Yeah. It's almost flavorless. If I hold it in my mouth a little, I get something in the middle of my tongue and then in my throat. But mm-hmm. like the whole front of my tongue tastes nothing. That's so interesting. But I really like it. See, it's funny you say flavorless because that's how I feel the smell, the, you know, the noses. <laughs> like to me, I get... No flavor. Like, even the vanilla, it's like, I have a heart. It's so faint. I had to really jam my nose in there and, like, puff it a lot (laughs) to get it. This is the one benefit of my allergy is, for some reason, I can't smell. (laughs) (laughs) I have reverse allergies. What are the the tasting notes on this? 
Smooth and sweet on the nose, so no flavor. Uh, with elegant layers of spice and honeycomb. To taste, notes of dried fruits and oak combined with vanilla and cinnamon. The finish is warm and mellow. So dried fruits, uh, yeah. obviously vague. Yeah. I mean, that can mean citrus, that can mean cherry. Like, what does that mean? Pick your fruit, dry it. <laughs> and dry just means more pungent, right? Like, yeah. that's, that's some PR speak of a high order. Yeah. That's hard to, I feel like it's hard to get any of that. Or pick it out because it is so subtle. So when I drank this, worried that it was a scotch, mm. I was so pleasantly surprised with how little I hated it <laughs> that I kind of translated that into, wow, I really like this, which I, you know, and I do like, mm-hmm. I do kind of like it. I did a little reading on what some other reviewers had um, had thought about this, which there aren't a ton just because this is like, you know, you can only buy it in the two different shop. Mm-hmm. And one of them was pretty funny. I wish I had saved it, actually, because he made sort of a joke review. And then he was saying that, you know, for the a lot of these scotches that are made in Speyside right now are made the exact same way. Like, oh, you put it in a sherry cask, and then you put it in a bourbon cask, yeah. and then you know, and they're all coming out. Exa- he called it, like, the Stepford Wives of Like assembly Speyside. line. Yeah. Assembly line Speyside. That's too bad. <laughs> and, and, and once he sort of, once he said that, I was like, oh, man, you kind of just, like, ruined that for me. Because yeah. now it's all, like, like, I agree with you, and mm-hmm. shit. <laughs> if we put a little water in this, it would kill any mm-hmm. flavor that's even possibly available. Well, let's try it. We're going to put just a little bit because that's correct. It does kill it. <laughs> we don't, we don't spoilers. try to, I know spoilers. we don't spoilers. try to spoilers. spoilers. What did your mom think? She loved it. And yeah. we have extremely different tastes in whiskey uh, as we are learning. Thank you. In fact, she was filling up. She was like, I need to all fill up my flask before I go on the train back home God, to California. Amazing. <laughs> love you, Deborah Gus. <laughs> so I'm like, oh, you know, well, I've got like the four roses. You can have mm-hmm. that. I've got some of these. And I was like, and she's like, you know what? I don't like the four roses. I, like, oh. I don't know how we're related, but that's okay. That's for another. Because that's exactly episode. what we're drinking next as a comparison. <laughs> and so I was like, well, you know, you can try this. Um, okay, this is actually you're gonna have to like. <laughs> I'm not gonna make Kelly do this. We're gonna cut this and get to the next like episode when we feature this far in the future. But I was like, you can try the filibuster. Uh, yeah. which we did not really like. Like, we like, like, you could drink with a cocktail, Same. but I don't really want to drink this. And so she, it's like nine in the morning, but she has to leave for her train. So she pours herself like half a shot and <laughs> tries it. Nice. She's like, we don't like the same whiskeys. And filled up her flask with the filibuster. <laughs> so That's I don't know. That's interesting. And you know, she loved that Canadian one that we tried in the last oh, season. The Ulazic? Yeah, uh, the Ulazic. 40, 40, 40 Creek. 40 Creek. Mm-hmm. She loved that one. So, I don't know. You know, but it's a good lesson in, like, to each their own. Mm-hmm. People have different palettes. And, I, like, it's I think true. the three yeah. of us also kind of have, like, for the most part, have the same palettes. Mm-hmm. We differ every once in a while. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, that's sort of, like, why we gravitated to each other is because yeah. we have the same palette. Right. All right. right. So, we got this with water now. So, to me, the oh. nose is, like, caramel festival. That's it's, so different. It's, like, spice, like, um, almost like a holiday spice. It is like a holiday spice. Like, I would walk into a... Candle shop or a Bed Bath & Beyond. Exactly. This is, this is smell. potpourri bubbling on mm-hmm. the stove. Yeah. I was almost thinking... Make potpourri on the stove? I don't know. <laughs> I was thinking do mall cinnamon shop. <laughs> yes. Cinnamon, yes. That also. Like walking by a Cinnabon. That <laughs> just tastes like water. I do not enjoy the taste. I don't taste anything. I don't taste anything either. <laughs> it tastes like watered down whiskey. <laughs> tastes like my... Uh, 
ice cube has melted yes. completely. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gross. Well, okay. All right. So, you know, I think kind of uh, on a scale of one to ten, I think that's like firmly like a five or six, like right in the middle. Like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. I will totally, yeah. like, if you gave me a glass of that on a sure. Wednesday night, I would drink the hell out of it. Yep. That's how I feel about it. Yep. Yeah. It's a, yeah. What's, very nice whiskey. What does it cost in the duty free? <sighs> so I knew you were going to ask me that. I did. My mom told me and I kind of forgot. I think it retails for about 80. Okay. Right. I just remembered something yeah. that I found <laughs> in my research. We didn't really talk about the bottle, which is like a very oh, yeah. professional looking bottle, mm-hmm. right? It has like, you know, the kind of thing that you would go into like an expensive whiskey bar and that would look like, it would look like an expensive whiskey. I think yes. that's the look they're going for, right? Mm-hmm. It's very classic. There's like a foil treatment on some of the type. It's, um, yep. it's very nice. <laughs> I loaded one of these reviews and you know how like something starts talking in all the tabs you have open and you're like, where the fuck is this coming from? <laughs> and I'm yes. going through all my tabs and I, f- I find it. And here's the guy who I think is the um, like ambassador for the um, Belvini brand. And <laughs> he's on some like financial cable channel in like a sit down talk. And the, the, the journalist, the anchor person is like, so, you know, why is it like, Wall Street people, like, really love your scotch. (laughs) He goes, well, you know, I think they love it because then he goes on and, like, this whole hugely pretentious thing. So apparently, like, it may have been a brand that, like, developed Mm -hmm. in, like, the Wall Street area and got popular because a lot of really rich dudes decided they liked it, which could also explain the blandness of it. (laughs) Yeah. They're like, it's like a, it's like a statement piece. Like mm-hmm. I flew internationally on mm-hmm. my financial business. Yeah. With this really expensive quite, with this, looking bottle. Right. <laughs> and that's the only place I can get it is because I flew internationally. And now look at this fancy thing that I'm sharing with you. That makes total yeah. gross yeah. sense. Yeah. But it's not bad. It like, is it's not, not bad. bad. Yeah. I think your reading was correct. So I've actually been um, drinking a lot of scotch scotch lately particularly um my brother-in-law gifted us a bottle of um oh my gosh i'm, I'm getting lafroig and lagavulin mixed up in my mind but it's one of the two and it's um a plus a, pronunciation p.s yes thank you thank you i've been trying ron does ron swanson love it because that's the lagavulin <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, I think it was Lefroy. Um, it was the Beau the one I sent you the picture of mm-hmm. that meant brother on the label, and it was a, I believe it was a sherry cask. And it's just been, it's so good. I mean, like mm. we killed that bottle so fast because it was so <laughs> delicious. Um, and so, like, just in comparison of of this and like some of the other scotches I've recently had that yeah. they have been very flavorful and bold, not necessarily like overpowering, but just they've had, you know, something to do with your mouth that this is, this is not doing it for me. Yeah. I would be interested in trying the way back Westland sherry cask mm-hmm. and oh, a Scotch uh-huh. sherry cask mm. just to sort of see, I mean, there, you know, there are probably many other variables of difference there, but it would be kind of an interesting, <laughs> yeah, for sure. Just to see if you could pick up any notes. Well, especially similar. since like American whiskey is the first thing I thought of yeah. when I yeah. drank this. So, yep. You know, it's it's great. I, like I'll totally like come home and pour a glass of this. Yeah, and be perfectly fine. Which pouring, girl? Well, <laughs> we do like our controls. We do. Since we're we're science, we're whiskey scientists. We are. <laughs> Accurate. So, so I'm gonna pour just a little bit of uh, the Four Roses uh, single barrel. Oh, so good. Because that's what we like to. Oh, this is a new glass for oh, girl. Oh. Please, I'm you so, can't contaminate. I'm so not used Whiskey to, scientist, uh, Kelly. I'm so not used to the <laughs> fact you. that I, like, I should know you have all these glasses, but I'm not used to it. 
Oh, I got even more where those came from. That's amazing. Ikea. Thank you, Ikea. Yeah. <laughs> cheers, cheers to Ikea. Cheers, cheers. <laughs> oh. That has so much more flavor to it. Yeah. yeah. It's so much more interesting. And, you know, it's funny. Mm. It actually, it has a little bit of that alcohol burn, which, mm-hmm. like, honestly, the Belvini really... has no burn at I, all. I which... thought it would from the smell, because but... I was like, oh, I can really pick that up. So I was kind of bracing myself. Mm-hmm. Nothing. Nothing. You're drinking booze. Like, you do kind of want a little bit of, <laughs> yeah. like, a little, a little bit bite, of uh, kicking yeah. your pants, you know? And... <clears throat> like, I feel like if I watch, if I watch Deadwood while I was drinking the ball, ball Benny. Ball Benny. <laughs> That it like wouldn't it would feel too I, it would feel too Wall Street. Oh my god, you completely tainted it for me. But I would drink the Four Roses like a motherfucker. Science Corner, I want to briefly discuss an experiment that, um, an aging experiment that we have talked about in the off season. I've been trying to come up with a starting material for a aging experiment for us to do. And it turns out that you really need a super, super, super high percentage to start with, because that's what really goes in to a barrel. And it's very hard to find that high percentage starting material out in the world. Interesting. Because you'd be blinded by it. Right. Because you would be blinded by it. So Buffalo Trace makes a white dog that's actually super high percentage mm-hmm. that you really don't want to... It's like so gross you don't want to drink it, mm-hmm. but it's it's consistently... Um, if you read the people that have tried this, this is kind of what they agree is it is an okay starting material. So I had this whole plan. The two day, two, even two days ago, I had this great plan. I had... Plan to have eight jars. We're going to have one control that is this mysterious, unnamed, starting mm-hmm. white whiskey, some white liquor. And then we were going to age it with um, with blocks of, of staves, basically. Yeah, of American charred American oak in glass for a certain amounts of time. So for one week, one Inspired month, by? Inspired by space whiskey. Yeah. Because space whiskey is ridiculous yet amazing. Yes. And we never got to taste it, so we're going to do it our damn selves. We're going to go to space. <laughs> <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> One way or the other. <laughs> right, so my plan was get a bunch of jars, have one control jar, have a bunch of jars that were aged for different amounts of time with the same volumes of liquor and the same bits of charred wood in them and see how it goes. Then I started reading about all these people that have actually tried to do this. And there are two camps. There are the people who did it like successfully and feel like as long as you filter it out okay and get rid of the splinters, it's actually kind of an interesting way to see how <laughs> good, okay. good plan. <laughs> yeah. That's what God made cheesecloth for. Yeah. <laughs> and the cheesecloth might filter. You actually have to think about what filter material you're going to use because the cheesecloth actually filters out some of the esters that we talked about last season. Oh, no season. kidding. Yeah. Mm, all right. So anyway, but then there's this other camp. I stumbled upon this guy who wrote an article for Boston.com that he tried to do it. His name was uh, Andrew Fatato. Okay. And he writes the story and was like, okay, I tried to do exactly what I want to do in this class aging thing. And in the end, he's like, look, basically you can't do it. Age a cocktail instead. End of story. And so I emailed oh. him and I was like, dude. This is not satisfactory to me. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, I don't, 
you need to give me an alternative. You can't say, don't do this. It's not worth it. Give up. I'm like, tell me what, like, you need to explain to me why. So you say you're killing my dreams. I did. I was like, this is what I'm going to do. And he's basically like, your dreams are dumb. (laughs) (laughs) And so we have, we have had a two day email fight about, not fight, constructive discussion about what experiment to run and how to do it. Are we going to get some dramatic readings of these? (laughs) Can I just say you clearly have the patience of something (laughs) because I probably would have not engaged. Well, a PhD. In part, part, I enjoy a good argument. And then the other part is that I, like I, it's kind of research. I was kind of like, I want to do it right. I want to understand what, what are the variables? Don't write an article that says, these are the variables that are wrong, but I'm not going to tell you what the right ones are. Oh, yeah. And, like, come to a conclusion without exploring all the possibilities. Right. Yeah. But to his credit, he answered me immediately. And, again, for two days we've been discussing, mm-hmm. what are we going to do? What should I do? So here's the plan now, is that I'm going to get one of the little, a one-liter barrel. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do one set of aging in the barrel. And I'm also going to do it in the glass. And we're going to compare. Hmm. And I'm going to try to match mm-hmm. the surface area of wood to... Alcohol. Maths. There's going to be some maths. Wait, so is his... Sorry, now maybe I'm just confused. Is his conclusion is that you can't you can't actually age whiskey by putting shards in glass? You can only do it in a barrel? That's the argument? Yeah. Here's the argument that I think is dumb. Sorry, Andrew, <laughs> but here's what I think is the dumb argument. That, that aging in a barrel is different because of all these things we've talked about in the past, right? There's like expanding and contracting and the... And the you know, temperature changes and the alcohol goes into the wood and then it comes out of the wood and all of this. And that mm-hmm. in a glass jar, you don't get that. Okay. Which is a fair, fair. argument to fair. some extent. But I think that you could mimic those things with agitation and plant and temperature style. changes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm going to put a heat lamp somewhere and I'm mm-hmm. going to put it out in the cold and I'm going to change the, the conditions. I don't think it's that different. Yeah. He's making it sound like it's just hermetically sealed and that's like, and then you just walk away and leave it alone, which is the whole like, okay. Remember the Ohio person? Yeah. The washing machine guy. Yeah. I want to, is it called licks? Am I making that up? LAX? <laughs> Chicks? Chicks? I forget, but mm-hmm. yeah, I forget. Yeah. Terrible. Nonetheless. That guy. Ohio guy. Yep. That, that was his washing machine method, which is right. what he was doing it. He remember, I think he was doing it in glass or some, you know, non-reactive and with the shards, but he was doing it like he was agitating it and changing the temperature. Just like, yeah, just right. like you said. And he seems to be doing fine. We have not tasted it. It could be terrible, right. but it seems to be doing something to seems the whiskey. Seems to be something to the whiskey. And in the course of my wanting to argue with, uh, with him... I also discovered there's this whole group in Milwaukee, this like little group of whiskey tasters. No, this has been a lot of our travel exploring. funds. <laughs> don't, don't. Flew to Milwaukee. Not, oh no, <laughs> um, and there's this group called Whiskey Head. They meet monthly and they taste stuff. And they, I'm okay for the moment because I'm, okay. I'm on a tear. So they meet monthly and they rate, they give grades to whiskeys and such. But mm-hmm. they also have done the aging experiment. Oh. And they have, like, a best practices list. Mm-hmm. All of which fall into the realm of my original experiment design. Mm-hmm. And so I'm kind of excited to try this comparison of mini barrel, glass with agitation, and see who wins. So that's the plan. And then I filled out, figured out a schedule for when we can taste it. So the other advice that these Milwaukee people say is that, say you age something for a month, you should then, when you, once you pull the wood and filter it, let it sit for a month to sort of mellow, mm. which 
I'm not sure I believe it, but so we're going to try one of each. So we're going to age it for the first batch. I'm going to age for a month. I'm actually going to age one batch for a week. But I'm going to age, like, the main batch for a month. We're going to taste it in a month, and I'm going to save some that mm-hmm. we don't taste, that we let sit for a month, and then see how they compare. Here's my question, though. Is yeah. that, like, is it will it be appropriate to drink in a month and, like, not blind us? Because I have orphans for that, but I'm going to need a month to <laughs> <laughs> I don't think we'll need orphans. So they sell, they bottle it and sell it. Right. So, so it's, it's not, not so high that it will okay. murder yeah. you. Okay. FDA approved. FDA right. approved, you know, orphan free. Okay. And so I found, um, and I narrowed down where I'm going to get the wood from. So there's this great company that makes, um, remember back, I forget which episode, but we talked about the the oak cubes, the charred cubes that mm-hmm. winemakers use for adding oak to their wines. Oh, yeah. So it's like eight bucks for a pound of them. And so I'm going to buy a bunch of those. We talk about wood in like literally every episode. I know. <laughs> <laughs> you can choose like the charring. So I've been reading like there, you know, there's light, medium and, and heavy um, uh, charring. Mm-hmm. And so each, each level of charring, yields a different amount of flavor and a different kind of flavor to what you're making. And so I'm going to choose the medium char, the medium toast, they call it, because it's the he- it's the sweetest. And since bourbon is, an- is often our, at least my favorite, I'm going to aim for the heavy vanillas. Okay. According to Andrew Furtado, we are going to get a disgustingly sweet wood-tasting whiskey. But I challenge him. And think that we will not. Mm. Andrew, challenge accepted. Frittata. Let's. <laughs> Andrew Frittata, that's what we shall call him. That's sorry, a, sorry, dude. It's been put down. It's been put down. Yep. Yes, the gauntlet's been thrown. So that's the other. So the other thing, my original plan, right, was to like go to Home Depot, buy some oak, <laughs> char it. And it definitely does seem to be like an art form to that. Right? And then, like, I'm such an idiot because, of course, like, everyone this got this Milwaukee crew, like, props to you guys. They're so interesting to read. And they've thought about all this stuff. And they're like, yeah, you need, you can't, like, all that stuff has been, like, treated even if it hasn't been, even if it's untreated, it was probably grown with pesticides and all the stuff that oh. once you put it in a, in a whiskey, the alcohol is going to soak that right up. Like, it's going to love it. I, I so. don't know how you feel about this, but I would maybe enjoy it, like, if you decide to have a conversation with them one day. Like, yeah. maybe you do this at the end of your experiment or in the middle if you have questions. Oh, but yeah. Like, I feel like these guys, they sound like they're interesting. I've already sent them an email. Oh, good. Good Fantastic. idea, Heather. <laughs> I like this little, uh, I'm, I'm envisioning a little Midwestern uh, group communication. That would be so great. Yeah. They seem like a really fascinating <laughs> and like low-key, mm-hmm. cool group of people who just enjoy whiskey like us. Yeah. And also don't want to like Die. people to put <laughs> right pesticides in their whiskey, which is great. <laughs> which is just a great, a great thing for them. Um, yeah. They're super great. Awesome. So. Okay. So Does that make sense? Your plan has changed. So originally it was, you were going to do eight glass bottles with different levels of shard. Right, I was going to do one control, one week-long aging. Oh, different ages. Yeah, ages. With the same amount of shards. Same amount of shards. Okay. So, same amount of shards in each, but the difference is the time. Okay. And so now you're going to do, you've you've eliminated mostly the glass. Now it's glass versus wood. Yep. Versus barrel. Glass versus barrel. With the same times. Same times. Okay. That's my plan. Okay. I could probably say this a lot better, but <laughs> that's why we have a summation period. I have a chart and I have a calendar, <laughs> which we will post. So basically, so I'm going to start this on Sunday 
This okay. is my, I will have everything, everything will be in my possession yeah. by Sunday. T-Zero. January 10th, T-Zero. W-Zero. On January 17th, which is one week. Okay. Uh, we're going to taste just fret, like just, it's aged for a week. What does it taste like? We're going to take a little sip. One of each. One of each. Okay. Oh, question. Does it matter if you open them? Well, that's a, that's been debated. I think it's not that big a deal. It does okay. change the volume slightly, but for the tastes, I'm not going to stress about it. Okay. I'm not going to be crazy neurotic. February 10th, which is one month, we're going to taste one of each and then let the rest of it sit for a month to do the like mellowing. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to taste that and see how it goes. The Great. Glass. I like yeah. that evolution between like what, what, what experiment makes the most sense. Yeah. yeah. And, and in my mind, I'm like how, if you're subjecting the wood and the alcohol to the same conditions, who cares if it's in a barrel or if it's in glass, that's what I want to see to mm-hmm. me. Like, so in my mind now, that's the first experiment that we have to do. Mm-hmm. Like, does it matter how you age it? And then my long-term goal is to try to really, once we figure out the best method to age something for like a year and mm-hmm. see how that goes, taste it periodically, but age it for a year mm-hmm. and then have something that's been aged for 12 months. So, so my, like the last date, February 10th, 2017 is my last tasting date that I have on here. Wow. So this is a long-term plan. <laughs> whether, amazing. whether or not whiskey cats exist then, I don't know, but we, ex- <laughs> we will exist and we will drink it. So sounds well, we may just, you know, goal. have season three by then. Yes. Yeah, so stay tuned. Awesome. Because sometime in February, we will have the first, we'll taste. Yay. I'm super excited. Super I love Science excited. Corner. Do, 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 <laughs> That's not even a robot anymore. <laughs> news literally whiskey news mm, she's literally holding a newspaper in her yeah. hand yes um at the end of 2015 um the financial times of all the papers in all of the world had a financial times special report on the business of whiskey and that is whiskey without the e beep, 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 beep. That's, my <laughs> that's my new sound news bulletin. yes news bulletin <laughs> um so i immediately well, I didn't actually go and get the paper. I sent my husband to go fetch the paper. Um, <laughs> That's what they're Yeah. <laughs> I was like, please go get this for me. Um, and it's like a short little section, but it's every single article is about the business, how the market is doing for whiskey. And Frankly, it's not short, though. No. There's four full pages of yeah. a newspaper full so, of whiskey news. With a watch out. I am, but still, I am not lots. a journalist, so I, like I don't know... How many column inches this is, but it's Heather? a lot. Yeah. Lots. Yeah, a, lot of <laughs> a couple hundred, probably. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that was fast calculation. So many. Also, I don't write for a newspaper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, the thing that I got out of it, this that was most interesting is there's a lot of talk about single malt um, within the business of whiskey section. Um, there's a couple other articles about um there's like a you know minimum pricing proposal and there's a section about um counterfeiters which is sort of interesting but not quite um and then about craft distillers and 
um, you know, a cocktail thing, and then one mm-hmm. one lone article about one Irish whiskey, which I thought was kind of hilarious. <laughs> in amongst all of this Scotch talk, there's like, oh, and don't forget the Irish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's a rainbow. Yeah, nice. there's a rainbow. Yeah, there's really nice pictures too. Um, so. I just wanted to talk a little bit about a couple of the, um, the the points and statements that the full section brought up, which are which I found were very fascinating. Um, and so, just a, a, some interesting facts about Scotland itself. Um, just in uh, 2015 alone, seven new distilleries opened in Scotland, wow. um, and then another 40 are planned or are, are in the planning process or are currently being built. God, it's like 14th Street. Um, <laughs> Inside DCJ. There's currently 115 in existence in Scotland itself. So, yeah. yeah. So I thought that was really interesting. Um, Well, just because I don't want to make sorry. (laughs) We're just drunk over here. Don't mind us. Yeah, no worries. There's also uh, about two... Two billion pound of new investment happening um, over the next couple of years in whiskey in Scotland itself. Was that billion with a B? Billion with a B. It's two billion pound in new, of new investment. Um, because since like 2008, 2009, there's just been a huge increase in the market. And so what they were saying, for whatever reason, they decided to quote or look at France and um, how they're associated with scotch. And they said that France is the spirit's biggest export market by volume, according to the Scotch Whiskey Association. No kidding. The French love scotch? Apparently. And uh, the average French person drinks almost three bottles a year, but mainly of the cheaper brands. (laughs) Wait, that's crazy. That is crazy. That is like you're going to the bar and like ordering a scotch while you're like at the club. Right. Like, is that what they mean? So does that count? Right. That's not just in-home, like I go to the... It just, said, it's like, it just said average total. French person drinks an average about three bottles a year. Fascinating. Yeah. Super, super fascinating. So while That's Scotch... Enormous. Yeah. It's, I mean, average. Mm-hmm. Average. I mean, obviously, like, they're a more drinking culture, but, like... You would expect but, they're not, but they're not a binge drinking culture. Right. Like, that, that is, like... Are they? I don't know. Well... Compared to what health standards? Yeah, they're like, but, you know, but they're not going and getting like fucking tanked every night. It's yeah. just that they drink it every right. meal, which right. is more like that's different way of approaching it. And I can't yeah. like to, to drink that much scotch to drink three bottles a year, just like on average. Which means yeah. like there's some subset of it that's drinking like twenty bottles a year, right? Right. To and make that three across the board. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, so while Scotch has sort of seen this unprecedented growth over the past 10 years, it's now it's starting to slow down. The market's starting to slow down. And so all of this new investment, um, investors are getting a little worried, um, especially, you know, we're seeing it here in the U.S., all of the new investment in, in whiskeys and craft craft distillers. And so they're getting a little bit nervous that all of this new investment that has been happening is, you know, how... Obviously, whiskey takes however many years to mature mm-hmm. and then get on the market, etc. That by the time all of this new investment actually gets on the market, that the market is going to be so depreciated at that point okay, that well, there's going to be something else. Re- yeah. Oh, so they're worried about it, but the, but it's interesting because they said that their particular exports of scotch have doubled over the past ten years. So again, that that whole mm-hmm. um, increase and grew at sixteen percent compound 
annual rate from 2009 to 2011, again, that increase over the past 10 years. So that's like a huge increase. But now they're seeing a little bit of a downturn and that they see that scotch and GDP growth is really closely linked and especially in new and emerging markets. So think Asia, China, India, um, and that they've seen it where any new emerging middle class, scotch is seen as the aspirational drink to have. And mm. so that's where they see the growth. Thank so you, just, John Hamm. I know. <laughs> just scotch or whiskey? Scotch. Scotch specifically. They're seeing it as an aspirational spirit yeah. to have. And, a, and have in your house and have it as a, like a, or, you know, said, if you go out, that's what you treat people to. I mean, I think that's kind of like ties back to our first segment, which was that this Balvenie mm-hmm. is totally, like, they yep. make this completely benign scotch yep. as far as scotches go. Because scotch is like the thing that you want to be seen ordering, but you also need to be able to drink, drink it, it and also make your financial deals or Absolutely. whatever. Yep. And so, like, I think it, I think it is, like, scotch has always been a kind of aspirational. And again, like, it's a, you know, let's be honest, it's like a man's drink, right? right. Like, that's what it's a, it's oh, a it's um, Ron Absolute. Swanson yep. kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. totally. So, yep. uh, yeah, that makes sense. So no, you're totally right about the about the Balvenie. Yeah. yeah. And so it's interesting. So now they're seeing, especially <clears> those new um, new markets, their GDP is starting to slow down. And so they're seeing that same drop off within. And so again, they're starting to fear the, the tremendous growth and investment and that everything is just sort of going to go to shit in a couple of years. We'll we'll take all your excess whiskey. Yeah, exactly. send, it, send it to yeah, us. Yeah, we'll, we'll take it when we'll it's take care of it. Half, half the price. That's fine. Um, not to like destroy your market or anything. Um, but the interesting thing about Scotch is that single malts have continued to grow despite the downturn and that they are actually more expensive. So single malt themselves only accounts for about 9% of volumes of Scotch, but their value equals 23% of all scotch. Okay, here's where I'm going to um, remind our audience that we are new whiskey learners. Yes. Particularly me, because I'm going to yes. display my ignorance. On what single malt means? Because so, No, no, okay. Only because I learned it today. So yeah, I'm like, <laughs> of course. So single malt, Heather, would you like to tell us? No, 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 don't listeners? tell me. I know it. Okay. I know it. Please, Heather, tell, tell us and our, and our listeners what single malt means. Okay. It just means that it was distilled at a single distillery. That's all that it means. Like, that it was not moved around. Like, that's, that's what single malt means. Which I have to say, like... When you read that, if you don't know what you're drinking, you're like, that seemed, it could mean like a million different things. And I, I didn't really, I didn't really know that it meant but that. If you're distilled today. in one place and aged somewhere else. Then you're not a single malt. Right. Okay. Yeah. Is that correct? I think so. I, okay. think, <laughs> I think so. And I also think it, it means it's like, not, it's not. Counting on you here, girl. <laughs> I also think it means it's not blended. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. That's how I always think of it is not. Not blended, blended. but I didn't like think about the like location. Of course, that, yeah, that has to be too. Yeah, yeah, I didn't think of that. So okay. that was like kind of a new thing for me. And like, it, I mean, everything that single malt is such a term of art of like something that I and like you just said, like it seems higher class. Like you sort of it mm-hmm. just it makes you think that it's higher class. You don't really know why though, right? Exactly. <laughs> and that's why. And that's, that's why. why. Yeah. Well, Definitely. it's like single. It's like four roses, single barrel versus small batch. Like the language mm. that you choose. Sorry, Kelly, we're derailing this, but. <laughs> But single barrel versus small batch, like each kind of has its own special little meaning. And that's true. So for four roses, it means they use like different sort of yeast strains. And I think that for when you say single malt, it means so in a, 
especially in America, and I, I have ignorance of other countries, but for America, like, so many, like, we've talked so many times about how these are, like, all owned by one giant distillery, and they're sort of, like, moved around a lot. Yep. So, like, that's kind of a big deal. And so in, in Scotland, if they're, or, well, wherever, if they're single malt, that means that doesn't happen. It means it's, like, right. you know, baked and fried on the same distillery. Yep. That's basically yeah. what it means. Okay. So the fact that it's only, single malts only account for 9% of the volume of scotch, and but their value is so much higher, it just, it's, and the fact that it, their market keeps increasing, mm-hmm. Um, is interesting then because then the same turn they also say that blended Scotch sales are have gone down for about one point three percent over the past year, and I assume that meant twenty fourteen. Um, but single malt sales have risen four point eight percent. So it's just interesting turn of the market that you're mm-hmm. seeing. This article, the one of the main articles in the section, talked about how. Um, the U.S. market is kind of also seen as like the holy grail of all of the whiskey markets in the, mm. in the world, um, and that if you perform well in the U.S. market, then you're going to pro- probably perform well all over. Mm-hmm. Um, and that they were saying that Scotch underperformed um, in compared to American whiskeys for the past five years. Hmm. Um, and but the growth that, that they're seeing, yeah, but but also- the growth that they're seeing in the U.S. is for. Only high-end single malts and Hispanic-oriented blends, which I'm not exactly sure what those are, and they didn't specify. So Hispanic-oriented. Very- How can you blends? say Hispanic-oriented scotches? I don't know. And not explain what that means. That's bad reporting, Financial Times. <laughs> <laughs> has told me as a millennial that he notices <laughs> there he keeps finding these articles about how this like newer generation of drinkers and culture culture devourers I don't know how to describe it but that they they need a backstory because we don't oh yeah millennials. oh I told that's that's yeah. a thing the like millennials need they backstory. need a backstory yeah. and they need like a they need they need the history behind something. And so all of this to me feeds into that. Like here's this market of people that, that require like a special story behind it. Like this glass was handmade, mm-hmm. you know, by Amos in the basement that doesn't exist. <laughs> I do make him work very hard. I know. Yeah. So but going back on the sort of the millennial bent that it's, it's all up in the um, old fashioned cocktail section uh-huh. about how millennials are looking for this, you know, special snowflake of a cocktail right. and that you have to create it. And um, hope they like brandy. So let me actually read to you the this cocktail to make a priori priori p-r-i-o-r-y sure priori priori Mm -hmm. sour to make a priori sour barman and london's zetter townhouse infuse rittenhouse 100 rye whiskey with a nut butter which has been melted caramelized and frozen for 24 hours the liquid is then strained once through a superfine food bag and twice through a coffee filter. I'm sorry. Lemon and sugar is added, as well as the white from an egg that has been treated with drops of oat essence that have diffused through the <laughs> shell overnight. Then simply shake, pour, and serve. Oh my god, I'm dying. The I'm best dying. part of that whole recipe <laughs> is the simply part at the end. I love that. I love that. The simply. Just 
simply oat essence. Simply take your oat essence. That is the most ridiculous thing I have ever read about a cocktail. That is an episode of Portlandia. Like, that is not real. That can't be real. Can I look at it? Yes. <laughs> it kind of makes me happy that people yes. may be doing that, though. Mm-hmm. But then how? Then can you imagine how expensive that drink is? It's got to be, a sh- <laughs> like, it's got to be, what, $15 minimum this for a cocktail? I, I drink in the comfort of my right. own bar with you people. For this episode for Whiskey Cats, call us and tell us your favorite whiskey memory at 202-760-2009 or email us your favorite whiskey memories at whiskeycatspodcast at gmail.com. You can subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You can also find us at whiskeycats.com or follow us on Twitter Honey, and Instagram baby, at whiskey underscore cats. Thanks for listening. Every Cheers. in your ear, about that It makes me laugh and sing. Give it to me, Papa. I'm all about that thing. Buy single malls or don't. <laughs> <laughs>